You're listening to a Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, Hey everybody, this is Dan Savage. Welcome to the Savage Lovecast, the once-a-week outloud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Uh, the way it works, people call us up, record questions, I listen to them on the fly and record some answers and occasionally call people back. Got lots of questions, we're going to get right to them. Hi Dan, my name is Liz and I'm a 23-year-old girl. I have a sugar daddy who lives in another city and every week he sends me money and every now and then I go over there, take the bus and fuck him, fuck him, blow him, whatever. My problem is he totally doesn't turn me on. And of course not. He's 60. And uh, he thinks he's hot stuff, likes good army, and talks about how hot it is. It's gross. I would rather suck his dick and get on out of there. So um, is, should I just keep faking like I like it? Or is there some tactful way to say, no, baby, I want to please you because I just want the money. But uh, he, I guess, thinks it's hot to do whatever to me. Should I just shut up and take it since I'm getting paid? Or... Should I say something? Some men like to eat pussy, some don't. Uh, some men eat pussy out of uh, feeling of obligation because uh, assholes like me say that oral sex comes standard and any model, I guess including the sugar daddy model that doesn't include it, should be returned immediately to the lot. He may be one of those men. Uh, he may be doing this for you, feeling like even though he's paying you for your attention um, and your sexual services, that uh, you know, he needs to reciprocate orally since you uh, orally service him. Um, there's no real tactful way or there is a tactful way to check on this. You sound like you're pretty articulate and upbeat and bubbly uh, and you've deceived him uh, long enough and well enough that he stays in this relationship and you know he seems to think that you're enjoying it even though you're clearly not the sexual aspect of it, not the financial aspect of it. So all you need to do is be sexy about it and say – you know, and use those I statements and say things like, oh, I really love sucking your dick. Oral for me, you know, I could take or leave. It doesn't do much for me, but boy, it turns me on when I suck your dick. And do you like eating pussy? Because, you know, if you're just doing it for me, I could live without it and just get down to sucking your dick. That's all you got to say. But if he says, I love eating pussy, I live for eating pussy, uh, my favorite thing is to bury my face in your snatch, you're just going to have to deal. Hi, Dan. My name is Clark. I'm a 30-year-old hetero male who got out of a long-term relationship several months ago. Uh, after I did that, while I was poking around Craigslist, I found an ad that looked very much like my ex's. No pictures, no names, but the location, how it was written, the words that were used was a dead ringer for her. The premise was, on her ad, I want to call you Superman. So I responded. She replied, and we've been corresponding ever since, most of the time daily, under the guise of Clark Kent and Lois Lang. The info we've shared, no photos, no names, makes it very obvious that it's her and that I'm me. We've not met yet, and I've been very frank that it will happen. During all of this, she said to Clark that I hold a special place in her heart, that I do have the chance of love with her. The issues that had caused our relationship to fail in the first place are ones that I'm working on and making progress, and she's aware of that. The real Lois Lane, not the fake one. The fear that I have is that she'll fall in love with someone else and be too kind to tell me. We, our real selves, not Clark and Lois, have been seeing each other, and actually our communication hasn't been better since. We've been intimate. We've gone on dates. It's like we're casually dating. She has made it very clear to me that she doesn't want to have any kind of committed relationship for a while, and I've made it very clear to her that when she does, I'd like her to be able to give me an opportunity. 
My question is that what time do you feel is right to bring our identities out of hiding, or do you feel that I should continue to trade for as long as it can continue? Hey, Clark, it's Dan Savage. Hi, Dan. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I have a couple of follow-up questions. I just listened to your call, but I have two really important follow-up questions that uh, I was unclear of when I listened to to your message. You know you're talking to her uh, through these right. persona, through the Internet. Does she know she's talking to you online? Um, there's almost no way she couldn't, given the information that I provided to her. It's uh, we, we dated for two years, and... Um, but you, you know, guys have never a, said, you guys have, you're still fucking and you're still seeing her, but you guys have never, when you're with each other, acknowledged that you have this correspondence going on online through correct. this persona. Correct. It's like we're running like a dual parallel uh, relationship, one of which has got a past and is kind of rekindled, and one of which is new and fresh and has kind of a whole different, um, almost, Overtone to the whole dimension. Thing. Okay, my follow, my other follow up question: Do you like yeah. pina coladas <laughs> and getting caught in the rain? Getting caught in the rain and you're <laughs> not into something and you dig champagne. I, I, I'm dating myself here, uh, but I used to listen to oldie stations. So I'm not that old. Um, this is the pina colada song for a new era, right? Really? If she doesn't know, you know, if you're gonna walk into that bar and you're both gonna like laugh and then go home and fuck each other silly. Uh, Okay, so help me out here because I didn't sleep last night. So what's the question? <laughs> the question is, um, when do you think it's a good time, if at all, should I reveal myself to her or should I wait for her to reveal myself? Or like I said, is it better? Because like I said, what what is what this weird kind of dual parallel uh, correspondence has done is it has allowed us to have uh, two things. Number one, a, a greater understanding really just of, but of, only if she person. knows, it only has allowed for that to happen if she also knows, like you know, that Clark is you. Okay, I guess, I you guess there are... You shouldn't necessarily assume that she does. You know, people sometimes can't see the nose on their face when they're staring in a mirror. Right. So, you know, well, a person's capacity there. to deceive themselves or to overlook something obvious should never be underestimated. And if there's been no acknowledgement when you're with each other, I mean, maybe she's enjoying this, too. Maybe, you know, one of her calls, well, maybe I have a message from her waiting in the stack uh, about what she should do. But it feels uh, to me like, you know, you could do a big reveal in a fun way, a la the Pina Colada song, where you finally, as Clark, suggest a face-to-face meeting well, and show we've up as you. And we've alluded to that the whole time, too. Um, I guess a couple other of the caveats that go along with this are that um, me personally has accidentally revealed the email to the real person that I'm using with Clark. So that's why I know that she knows that it's me. Because, uh, uh, okay, so then she a- does know. If she's seen the actual, your actual email address, that's your email address, and it's the same email address that the guy who fucks her uses, that she knows it's you, well, that her ex-boyfriend well, no. uses. Right, well, but see that it's not, see? Uh, oh, okay, and then that hurts my head even more. <laughs> Just fucking arrange to meet her in a bar for a drink as Clark, and she can show up as Lois, and if her head explodes, you'll know that she didn't know, and if she walks in with a smirk on her face, then you'll know that she knew, and you guys can throw it on the table. If you, What you're interested in is getting back together, because right. you're able through th- these email communications to have the kind of intimate connection and rapport that you didn't seem to be able to have when you were... Dating. Efficiently. Well, here's the two here's the two sides to it, though. Now that we've done that, when we're together as the normal people, not the the aliases, 
we have that connection and we have that open communication and we have all that stuff. But so she I guess still like, doesn't, as the real person, she still says she does not interest in getting back together. Um, for the most part, she's been very adamant that she wants to um, uh, not be in a committed relationship right now. All righty. <laughs> so, like I said, I mean, but should you're getting, I... You're getting emotional support, you're getting sex, you're getting FaceTime, you're getting sit yeah. FaceTime. What is it you're not getting out of this relationship besides a commitment? You want the commitment? Well, eventually I do, but I don't want to pressure well, her to the point that where... Out there. Throw that out there. Just throw that out there. Eventually, you know what? This needs to be moving toward a commitment. You sound like a lady, but whatever. This needs to be moving toward a commitment uh, for me to stay involved with you and engaged emotionally like this. And if it's not, I need to know that because then I'll go find uh, a different Lois or I'll date Lex. <laughs> well, she's recommended that I do that, too. Well, there you go. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 30. And how old is she? Uh, she'll be, see, I, I, I can feel, I can feel the axis coming down now. She's going to be turning 21 this week. Ah, and how many partners did she have before she started dating you two years ago? Uh, about three. Okay, well, it sounds like she needs to, she feels she perhaps, there's always something else with you, Clark, you're a man of mystery. Every time we uh, get a little deeper, we have to peel back and glare. Maybe she just needs to play the field for a little while because she's so much younger than you are. And that's kind of what I had figured, and I, I was fearing from when we started dating as well. It's a legit fear. But you know what? A nine-year age gap isn't that huge a deal. Right. And, well, there, you I know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if she's the one you want, then... And she is. The, then she is. The price of admission is enduring this period of, you know, ill-defined relationship status where she has the latitude to fuck you and have an emotional engagement with you, but also to date other people and fuck other guys and see what else is out there before she decides that you, in fact, are the one. And if she doesn't feel like she's enough to compare you to at this moment to make that decision, you should want her to run out there, meet some other guys, make some comparisons, and then decide you're actually the one she wants. As opposed to yeah. her committing now and then your relationship being undermined by her wondering if she made the right choice. Right. I totally agree with that. So my recommendation, my advice for you is just to keep doing what you're doing. All right. But put a bug in her ear that you're only going to be content to do this for another, you know, 24 months or so before you're going to want some sort of security because you're a big Right. Person. And her and I, you mean as Clark or as the real person? I think you're a big pussy as Clark and the real person. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> uh, scrotum as Clark and the real person. Yeah. Uh, as both. As both. Call her bluff. But okay. how, what, well, a fun, because... uh, what a fun uh, little setup you've got there. It's, and you know what's, like I said, it's amazing is that it, it uh, that I, I stumbled across it. I mean, how many, how many personal ads are there on Craigslist in any given day? <laughs> you know, and I stumble on her. And how many personal ads are there on Craigslist from people who say they're women who are actually women? <laughs> very, very few. This is true. So, um. Call and yeah. get, get this an update sometime. We want to hear how this turns out. All right. Thank you, Dan. Okay, bye. Hello, Dan. I'm married now for. Uh, well, I've married to the lady I've known for 17 years. We have a couple of kids. We're in our early 40s. And we've always been uh, very non-jealous people. We've always allowed each other to have flirtations and crushes, and uh, it's been really healthy that way. I think we both understand the importance of that. But we've had a monogamous relationship. It's been um, great uh, most of the time. Of course, we've had ups and downs. Um, currently... We're uh, at the beginnings of a very new and uh, somewhat uh, sort of frightening stage a little bit for me, particularly. Um, uh, my wife is 
very has this very strong crush on somebody, and um, we're we're trying to understand what that means and where that should go. She's very um, pretty certain that she needs to uh, to take this as far as 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 it needs to go. You know, we spent a long, long weekend just talking and being close and really trying to understand this. And I trust her and she trusts me and I did a great deal of love and a serious big commitment to our family. And we've talked about that that's more important than anything. We cannot we cannot risk that. So what I'm asking and what I, I'd love to talk with you, I don't have many people I can talk about with this. What is your experience with successful open relationships? Hello. Hey, it's Dan. Hi, Dan. I just listened to your call. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, any developments since you recorded that for us? Well, um, yeah. I mean, there's an evolution happening. What's that? But what's, what's there anything? Have you guys constantly no. these outside contact relationships? <laughs> no, we, no, we haven't. Uh, we've talked a lot. Good. That's the, that is the first and most important aspect of a successful, healthy uh, degree of openness. Let's not say an open relationship. Let's say yeah, I know. That's degree about, of openness in a long-term relationship. Yeah, that's part of long-term. my problem is, is trying to figure out how to even define this. And, uh, you know, really it can't be defined except by us. And, right. And you guys, and, <clears throat> you know, what you guys need to do is decide what you're comfortable with her doing with this person and whether you're comfortable with her doing you know, something sexual, whatever it is that you're comfortable with her doing sexually with other people with this particular person. You know, it may help if it's a person who's also in a committed relationship, who isn't a possibility for her to like run off with, if that's one of your fears, who isn't going to be competition around, you know, well, love and romance and commitment and setting right. a whole new relationship. Well, that, that's the thing right now is that it's not, uh, you know, the choice is not, hey, we'd like to try this out. The choice right now is this is the person. This is the person. This is the guy. And well, somebody there's somebody come along that she's really sexually attracted to. Who's very much. And this, this has never happened with her to that degree to where she said, hey, this is something that we need. That I need you to consider and to really be uh, understand with me that, that we want to go there. Does the guy represent a uh, – could you see your way clear to her messing around with this guy or is the guy – I'm coming to terms with it. Uh, this first came up last Saturday. And actually it was oh. me that kind of brought it up as far as there's this lady that I've sort of been attracted to over the years, and she's kind of given these indications, um, not about her specifically, and in fact, that relationship was, it never really went anywhere, just hanging out, but uh, my wife has given me indications that, you know, hey, you might want to try this, this might be something to consider, you know, just, I think for my benefit, I really do, um, I think lately, that has been has been tempered, or not tempered, but affected somewhat by her attraction to this particular man. Which actually uh, is often how it happens. You yeah. Know, when I was with my partner for the first four years, he was crazy, psycho, uh, clingy Mr. Monogamy, and I was fine with that because he was so everything. He was my everything. I was like totally into it. I'm totally fine with it. I can be, I can do monogamy. And it wasn't until four years into the relationship when he actually was interested in doing something with somebody else that he realized that it was possible to do that without feeling any less in love with me and committed to me. And then he realized that, that I could do that too. And so it wasn't a lie when I said, you know, it's possible to be non-monogamous and still committed and, you know, put the other person first. Now, if you just want some recommendations of tools of, like, how to approach this. Well, it, it's partly tools, but it's also, as much as anything, I there's so many examples. I mean, there are tons of examples 
of quote open relationships or people that are non monogamous. It doesn't work. I mean, you know, and how many examples are there? Wait, wait. How many I don't have very many. No, wait. Shut up. Let me tell something. How many examples are there of uh, closed monogamous relationships that end in divorce? Right. Exactly. So, you know, and it's so many people who are in open relationships still want to be perceived as monogamous just because it's less hassle and there's less judgment. Well, and that's the There are tons of people in relationships that involve a degree of openness, which I prefer, even though it's much more of a mouthful to open relationships because you make assumptions about the degree of outside contact when you say open relationships. There are so many people in relationships with a degree of openness that nobody knows that they're swingers or that they have, you know, a get-out-of-monogamy-free card if they're in another time zone or on a business trip. There's many, many, many more non-monogamous couples out there than you realize. Really? And the successful yeah. ones are the ones you never hear about, mm-hmm. unless the people are honest about it, and very few people are, because what incentive do they have to be honest about it? Their families will be scandalized. If they have kids, they'll you know, be looked askance at. They'll be in trouble at their church. Their parents will freak out. Right. And that's the part that has really got us. I think emotionally, I, I am mean, coming to terms with it, I and mean, it's been like five days or something since we've been talking about this as a possibility. And it's not in specific, like, you know, th- these are okay uh, activities and these are not. It's more just this is a place, if coming from her, this is a place that I want to go, and I want it to be as, I want to be as free as I need to be to have this expression with him. And okay, Mexico, as free as I need to be is a, would be a tripwire. Well, okay, no, she's not saying as free as I need to She's saying, I mean, that, that's not a quote. It's more that I need to be able to be with him, uh, you know, in, in an open and unconflicted way, like, you know, a non-guilt way. Right. Yeah, she, no, she wants to sleep to with him. For, she wants to sleep with you. She's coming to you for permission. Here's what you do, okay? Here's how it works, when it works. You are in charge. It's up to you when, how, and who she fucks that isn't you. But, the, but you had to, wait, wait, let me finish. She has to cede that control to you and you to her if you're going to have outside sexual contacts. That means, you know, you can't fuck her sister because that probably would be okay with her. Right. Right? And you can't fuck, you know, someone that you could, you know, who has designs on you. Mm-hmm. It's fine if that person has a crush on you, you have a crush on her, but if that person doesn't have any respect for the primacy of your relationship and your commitment to having some openness but staying together and your relationship being a, your paramount concern at all times, if that mm-hmm. outside person, whether it's your outside person or her outside person, wants to replace either of you in each other's right. affections, that person's a non-starter. You have a right to veto a person that she wants to fuck. Yeah. Your impression is that that person doesn't actually respect that. Yeah. And, that you know, I don't... I was trying to sabotage your relationship. Now, let me keep going. Okay. Let me keep going. Yeah, yeah. And then you need to take baby steps around what's going to happen. You know, I, I hate... My boyfriend's going to kill me when he hears this podcast. But not that he listens to my podcast, so I can say whatever I want. Um, you know, the first few times, dozens of times, not that we've had that many outside encounters, but the first few times it was really like, you know... Very little was on the menu sexually. Right. You know? And you guys should look at doing that. Like, if the first, if at first you're like, you know what, I'm okay with you making out with him, I'm okay with you doing mutual masturbation with him, I'm okay with you doing oral with him, but right now, for my comfort level, for my sense of privacy and security, I really feel like full vaginal intercourse should be for us. And there's a lot of 
heterosexuals who are involved in the organized swinging movement who only do oral and manual with others. And, you know, vaginal intercourse is something that they, these straight couples who are married who are swingers, reserve for, you know, their primary partner, for their, you know, as a part of, you know, some symbolic representation of the depth of their commitment and waka waka and holding this one thing in reserve. And you should maybe think about doing that at first. Because you can be intimate, you can be with somebody you can you know fully get it on and have orgasms without having intercourse sure and i and i have actually we've sort of sort of talked about that part of my thing is i can deal with it in sort of a larger respect and i can take little glimpses of have little snapshots of imagining them together but i don't want to know the details i just i just it's, it's just something there's like you say it's a primacy it's a you don't you don't I, think you want to know the details <laughs> really you might want to read um there's a book i think it's just called swinging and i can't remember the author but you, you could look it up very easily it's on the organized swinging movement it's a writer out of canada um there is a, a, a syndrome called sperm competition syndrome that exists in mammals where uh, primates, and we are primates, if they, or any other sort of mammal vertebrate, goes away from their primary partner or like a girl in their harem and they come back, uh, you know, if it's a bull or a lion or, or an ape that gets to fuck whatever, you know, all the ladies, um, come back and they believe that there's a possibility that their sex partner may have another man's, you know, another male's sperm inside her will have a longer, more intense and stronger orgasm with a greater volume of semen to flush out wow. the competing semen. And a lot of people believe that what organized swinging is about, uh, where, you know, where guys will watch another guy have sex with their wife, is manipulating that jealousy sperm competition response hmm. because it provides more intense orgasm. So I wouldn't right now, you know, rule out forever the possibility that you won't want to hear the details. There's a lot of people out there who are in open relationships, and one of the perks for the partner, you know, who didn't go out and have sex with somebody else, is hearing about it and really boning the shit out of their partner later. It, it feels like you guys could put, you know, you could let each other off on the leash a little bit longer, and just as long as you're constantly checking in, you're constantly talking, you're thinking about it, not overthinking it, because overthinking yeah. is the death of a rock. Well, it's hard not to. So. Um, but it sounds like you guys are in a really good spot where you can do this and do it successfully. Oh, good luck. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate it. Bye. Hi, Dan. I'm a 25-year-old woman and am straight but bi-curious. I have two married couple friends that have a pretty good relationship, and the man has been making some clear suggestions that they would like to seduce me. Um, it's been pretty casual the way he's brought it up, but I'm sure that he wants me. His wife may or may not be interested. I'm really not sure. Um, However, I am attracted to him, and I would love to have sex with him. Um, I don't know if I'm ready for a threesome yet, um, and my reason for hesitating is primarily out of concern for his wife's feelings. Um, I'm friends with both of them, and I want to keep it that way. So I would really like to hear your take on how to proceed, um, if I should proceed. It seems like there are protocols for handling these matters, and I don't want to hurt anyone. So any advice you can offer is very much appreciated. Hey, Christy, it's Dan. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Uh, have you fucked this guy yet? No. Good. Good. Uh, because the, the only protocol you have to follow in a situation like this is a chat with the wife. Okay. And really feeling her out. 
and, and I didn't say yeah. up, I said out, and not eating, feeling, <laughs> to make sure it's okay with her. Because, you know, some people, some guys who are cheaters, will fly under the radar of, oh, we're an open relationship, and she's fine with it. Uh, but, you know, she doesn't like to talk about it. It makes her embarrassed. So don't talk to her about it. Just, like, take my word for it that she's fine with it. Those guys are liars. Like, right. it, it's an open relationship. You should be able to verify that by just even having an email exchange with her or a chat with her where you're like, hey, he's doing this, and I'm not down with the three-way, but if you're comfortable with me and him getting it on because you're in an open relationship and you're out banging other guys, I'm fine with it, and I don't want to affect our friendship. You just have to say exactly what you said to me, right. to her. Right. And if he doesn't want you to say any of that to her, be worried. Okay, so I should mention it to him before I contact the wife. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that might, he, you okay. know, then he might go, oh, no, 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 no. Like, all right, busted, cheater. <laughs> yeah. But you should say to him, oh, I'm totally down with it. Um, but I really need to, I feel like for my own safety and, and security and out of respect for my friendship for your wife, I need to talk to her about it. So this is going to be like a plant thing. This is not going to be like we're hanging out in a different city. Because with the situation, the reason why I called is because, like, I think we're, we might actually, like, have an opportunity. Because she's going away, and there's a band that's playing in a city kind of halfway between where we live. And he got a ticket, and I got a ticket. And Great. All you need to do is have a chat with the wife before you guys are all alone together. Yeah. And if he's in right. an actual open relationship, and if you're being truthful about not wanting to damage this friendship you have with his wife, right. then you should want to have that chat with her. And, Definitely. And, you know, if they have a real functional open relationship, they'll be able to have that chat. If they have a dysfunctional, non-open, adulterous relationship going on that she doesn't know about, they won't be able to have the chat. Or if they have a fucked up open relationship where you're going to get you know, cast in the role of the bad guy, she's not going to want to chat with you. You know, whatever it is, if she doesn't want to talk to you, just don't go there. Okay. You need her blessing. So, you need her blessing. And you need it from her lips. Yeah, and, and I should definitely just be as, you know, forthright and open as possible with things that he said, or should I just kind of play it neutral? I mean, I'm not sure how much well, I you should need say. To, you, should, you need to say it to her first, or to him first. Right. Say, hey, I'd love to, open relationship, great, don't have a problem, uh, you know, fuck buddies, friends with benefits, a piece on the side for a while, great, happy to play that part in your relationship. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I assume it's okay with your wife, and I, and I need to hear it from her. That's all you got to say. Yeah. Have okay. her give, you can just say to him, have her give me a call. Yeah. So you don't yeah. have to, so then you'll know that when the phone rings and it's her, that they've talked about it. And yeah. then you don't have to, like, do a full disclosure, everything he ever said to you, waka, waka, waka. You just have to say, hey, thanks for calling. Okay, if I fuck your boyfriend, and have a laugh. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the husband. <laughs> husband, boyfriend, but, whatever. Yeah, but okay, yeah, so I guess I'm just a little bit nervous about breaching the, the conversation to begin with, because like I said, like, it's been a lot of, you know, sort of suggestive comments, maybe put off in, like, almost a, a joking way, but in that sort of joking way where, like, hey, no, really. You know what I'm saying? Right. So and there's I'm nothing wrong with... Suck it up. The, the, problem with the problem that people will have is, like, there'll be insinuations, there'll be little jokes, there'll be hints, and someone will feel like, oh, it's going to really ruin the mood if I'm just really direct. Yeah. You know, because we have this flirtation going, and if I go, hey, bang... I'll do you, need her permission, what, bang. That it's going to, like, you know, ruin everything. It's going to ruin the spell. And that's just not true. 
It actually, yeah, no, it actually makes it person. feel that much closer. It makes the impending reality of it that much more intense. If you go, if somebody's being flirty with you and you just look at them and go, I will totally fuck the shit out of you. Have your wife call me and tell me it's okay. You're just right. calling their bluff. It's part of the game. But like backing into a situation where you're doing things that you're not sure you should be doing with somebody you're not sure has permission to be doing them with you, where you feel like you might be violating because you're afraid of you know being direct, and then you accidentally wind up in bed with this guy, I guarantee you that that feeling is going to be a lot worse than whatever discomfort you have with just laying your cards on the table. Yeah, because then you feel like, well, it's going on, like, should I really be doing this? And then afterwards, did we do the wrong thing? Yeah. So just bring it out in the open so everybody's on the same page. And if, if, if she says, no, I'm not comfortable with it, just respect her wishes. Yes, absolutely. If she says, no, I'm not comfortable with it, don't do it. Cool. It's so simple. It is really simple. It's communication. <laughs> Well, thank you for saying what I should have known all along. <laughs> Restating the obvious is what they pay me the big bucks for. But, you know, I'm nervous because I've never done anything like this, and I, you know, obviously want to. I think you'll be really good at it. Great. Thank you time. very much, Dan. Bye. Okay. Yo, Dan, this is Sarah. I'm 21, and I could not be any more thrilled to be lesbian, but... My parents don't feel that way at all. Um, I told them about three years ago, and they're not cool with it at all. Um, my mom has been hot and cold. She does P-flag meetings, which is awesome, and she tries to be supportive in whatever way she can, I guess. Um, but my dad has said flat out that he'll never accept me, and... Um, I haven't really spoken to him about it at all in the three years that he's known. It's really hindered my coming out process. I haven't told the rest of my family um, because I've been so heartbroken that my parents don't accept me. Um, But lately I've really felt like I've wanted to continue and tell the rest of my family. It's really starting to bother me. But um, the complicated thing is that my brother uh, recently came out to me, which is awesome, and I think it's so cool that I have a gay little bro. Um, but he is terrified of coming out to my parents with good reason because he's seen um, how they've treated me, and he's gotten a lot of hostility um, from mom about me. I don't know if we want to come out together, if that's going to be too much for my family <laughs> to handle a double outing. Um, I think first you need to come out to my parents. And we're, we're their only two children, so that's, <laughs> I don't know how my parents, who are already homophobic, are going to be able to handle that. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hey, Dan. I was just listening to you. You were? What a happy coincidence. Um, where are you? I'm driving. Oh, you're driving and talking on the cell phone, which is very dangerous. Yeah, I'm going to pull over, though. Okay, pull over. (laughs) I don't want to get anybody killed. No, I'll try not to die on the phone. That would probably be embarrassing for you. I wouldn't want to deprive your dad of the colossal (laughs) mindfuck he's in for when both this kids come out to him. Oh, yeah. um, The one thing you didn't mention that I wanted to ask you as calling with a follow-up is, uh, how old's your brother? He's 18. And he lives at home? College. No, he's at college right now. Mm-hmm. Are mom and dad paying for college? 
Yeah, they are. But, you know, they continued to pay for my college once I came out. So I really don't think that financial dependence is an issue. So they're not going to use that as leverage. Right. Okay, you guys should come out to them right away. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not going to get any easier or less ugly the longer you wait. In fact, the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that your dad and your mom were kind of shitty to your brother um, after you came out about the homosexuality issue is probably not a coincidence. They may suspect or know or have uncovered evidence that he might be gay, too. You know, parents aren't idiots. Uh, My parents kind of are, though. I mean, I transferred from one women's college to another, and they never even suspected that I was lesbian. <laughs> well, their minds. It may have crossed their minds after you came out that the other kid might be gay or they may have uncovered evidence or gone on a big snoop and they may have been particularly assholey to him about it to try to blackmail him into never coming out. Right? Yeah. Which frequently happens. When one kid comes out, the parents will be super psycho, pricky to other kids about it as a way of drawing a line in the sand and say, all right, we have one out kid, no more. Particularly if they suspect one of their other kids is queer. Which may be the case here, or maybe not. Maybe your parents are really that dense. Well, I feel like they're depending on him to be the normal one, you know, to be the straight one. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of pressure, especially since <laughs> It is. I'm familiar. I had a boyfriend once when I was very young whose uh, older brother came out, uh, or younger brother came out right before he was planning to come out, and then he felt he couldn't come out because they were only two sons in the family. And mom yeah. and dad came down on him about the family name and they'd at least have one big straight wedding and blah blah and so what he did was he waited five more years and it just was so much worse wow. because all the, their hopes and expectations and you know dependence on this one kid grew in that time exponentially um, and you guys need to nip it in the bud and you need to come out to the whole fucking family you can't let you know mom and dad being dicks about it nail your closet door shut they don't get to make that choice for you yeah. Well, do we come out together or we're like, oh, we're gay, both of us? I mean, well, you're already out. I'm not out to, to my extended family. Yeah, you come out together to the extended family if you like. I mean, the way coming out to extended family usually works is word just spreads. So you guys don't have to have like a coming out party where you both show up in matching debutante balls and flounce around <laughs> the room, uh, right? All you need to do is like let a couple of aunts know or let a couple of cousins know and let them know that you don't care who knows and it'll be done for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like it might be taboo around my family, and they won't even, like, they'll just dance around it, and it's, I don't know, it'll be really awkward, you yeah, know? Of course it's going to be fucking awkward. And, you know, boo fucking who? It'd be awkward if you fell in love with a black guy, and you were marrying a black guy, and your family had a problem with interracial relationships. Uh, awkwardness is That's something true. that, you know, we get some sort of guarantee we're not going to encounter in our, <laughs> in our uh, over our lifetimes and with our families. Yeah. yeah. You just have a really obvious source of it. And it's not getting less awkward, and your anticipation of how very awkward it's going to be may not uh, come to pass. It may, it may not be accurate. Yeah. It could be a big, happy, gay party. <laughs> I hope so. That would be nice. But come out. Okay. It's not going to get better in the closet. You're right. You know, yeah, your brother's going to be 30 one day, and mom and dad are going to be pressuring him to marry, and then he's going to tell them? Yeah. <sighs> At least right. you have each other. Yeah. At least you, even if the whole family fucking flips and you're disowned, you've got each other. Yeah, that's the one really thing. 
And my friends are joking that my parents will get a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law, but not exactly how they anticipated. <laughs> or we're thinking of just, you know, not coming out to our families and just switching our in our uh, significant others events. That would be a fu- that would be a fun premise for a movie <laughs> in a bad gay film festival, but uh, to live that way all your lives would be a little complicated. Yeah, it's true. So pull the trigger. Cool. Talk to you later. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. Bye. Dan, uh, my name is Ed. I live in West Virginia. I'm 61 years old and uh, happily gay. I just recently found out about your books, and I read two of them this week uh, that I got from Amazon, and I wanted to know more about you. I think it was your age that I was wondering about, because some of the things you wrote about seemed like you were older than you really are. But anyway, I found out your age in Wikipedia in the bio section, and then that had a link to your podcast. And I wanted to tell you, I've listened, I think, to about three of them. And I just listened to the last one. I think it's uh, the 8th of May or the 6th of May or whatever. And I I sat here with tears running down my uh, face. I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever had uh, an experience just listening uh, to something like that. And I think you're doing amazing, really amazing work. And um, I just wish you the best. And I wanted to thank you. Uh, you know, I don't... I probably need all kinds of help, but at 61, I'm pretty much comfortable and uh, happy. But I'm happier now that I've found uh, found about all this stuff about you. I usually don't run uh, the calls I get where people are just, you know, praising me and thanking me and weeping uh, because I hate myself too much for that. Uh, Praise makes me uncomfortable, whereas being an Irish Catholic, self-hating, queer, bait, weirdo, uh, calls to people are screaming at me and beating me up and really angry with me. Those fucking turn my crank, which should give people who hate me pause before they call to scream at me because I actually really dig that. Um, but I'm making an exception for your call just because I wanted to point out that uh, my age on my Wikipedia page is wrong. Uh, clearly, whoever put that Wikipedia page together uh, has dyslexia because I'm not 43. I am 34. Hi, Dan. This is a member of the Satisphere calling, um, but I'm not not to complain. Actually, um, I'm just listening to a podcast, and you had a really great comment for the uh, young gay guy, 27-year-old who put on 100 pounds, and I was just, do your thing, lose your weight, and, you know, live your life as you're doing it, and get out there and you meet people while you're doing what you're doing. And as someone who has spent, you know, years, you know, fighting with myself about what I am and who I am, and and um, being a member of the atmosphere, that's probably the best advice I've ever had from anyone. And there have been professional people who have I've had down with, had conversations with, who didn't get to it as good as you did. That was just perfect, and it, it meant something to me as someone who is you know still struggling, but not a better member of the atmosphere. Someone who's a little bit chunky but puts on my low cut top and my tight jeans and goes out on a Friday night just like anybody else would. But um, just wanted to make sure if you do get those angry calls from Stratosphere, you got one non-angry call from Stratosphere. Thanks a bunch, and I love the podcast. Bye. Ah, so much praise. I can't take it. Um, didn't get very many angry calls from the Fatosphere about my advice for the gay kid who put on 100 pounds. A uh, couple of angry calls from the gay body fascist uh, watch league. 
uh, about telling our gay guy who put on 100 pounds in a year and a half that maybe he has a weight problem. Uh, the only one I thought I wanted to share what the person, the info the person uh, sent me was somebody who pointed out that uh, someone who puts on that much weight that rapidly may have a thyroid condition. It's a very simple blood test. And he recommended that I uh, tell this kid that in addition to getting off his ass, leaving the house, stop chewing whatever it is he's chewing, uh, that he get uh, his thyroid checked. So I'm passing that along. Uh, we got a couple of emails this week I wanted to read um, about the caller whose girlfriend had been uh, the victim of sexual violence or rape. Um, and he was interested in BDSM and they didn't know quite how to navigate her flashbacks around sexual violence while they were indulging in pseudosexual uh, violence. The uh, listener writes, um, listening to the Savage Lovecast today in Germany, ooh, I just had to react to the caller uh, with the BDSM rape survivor girlfriend. Incorporating light BDSM into your sex life under those circumstances is possible. I'm a 20-something student and was sexually abused during my childhood teenage years and was convinced that I'd never get over it, even with therapy, which didn't help much. Then I met my husband. He is the gentlest, sweetest, most patient kinkster ever. Whereas I am was rather vanilla-like. However, we have an amazing amount of trust between us, which is how I gradually was able to venture out into the wonderful world of kink and BDSM. It's a matter of trust and patience, which I think really helped us get where we are now. Signed, happily tied up and spanked in Germany and horny as hell, Lara. Uh, thanks for sharing, Lara. All right, we're going to leave it there this week. 206-201-2720 is the number. If you'd like to record a question for a future podcast, try to keep it under two minutes. Leave us a phone number in case we want to call you back. You download the podcast every week at thestranger.com slash savage. And I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. Slog, the stranger's blog. Read it every day. God damn it. And uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. Brock Gaster back on the show. He's our resident medical advice professional. Um, it's sort of the low point of his week, I think, when he gets an email from me. But uh, we appreciate his insight. He's going to be back on the show. So if you have a specifically medical question uh, that you feel like you need a doctor's POV and not just an obnoxious lippy faggot's POV, now would be the time to record a question for that upcoming podcast. 206 201 2720. Thanks for listening. Me and the tech savvy at risk youth. We'll be back at you next week with another podcast. Mm-hmm.